0: The first thing I ever wanted to be when I grew up was an astronaut. I don't remember exactly how I learned about astronauts, but I have very vivid memories of being about four years old in a poofy dress at the Performing Arts Center in my hometown of Anchorage, Alaska, eating dehydrated ice cream and thinking, I could totally do this. My mom's even sewed a patch of a space shuttle on my little purple backpack We stuck glow-in-the-dark stars on my ceiling in the shapes of the big and little dippers. I'd look up at my fake night sky while falling asleep and think, I want to go up there. To my child brain, space seemed like this fun, floaty escape from all the things that scared me here on Earth. And then... Someone told me about the Challenger blowing up, which happened years before I was born. And I realized, space is not for me. It's not a floaty escape. It's a place of terrifying isolation in a tiny box, surrounded by forces that could kill you. Sound familiar? From 3 Uncanny 4, this is Viral, a show about COVID-19. I'm reporter, not astronaut, Emily Saul. Our host, TJ Raphael, is off for the day. Here's what I learned about astronauts. They are carefully selected, obviously. And one of the key selection criteria is how they handle isolation. Psychologists have spent thousands of hours coming up with tests to determine who has the emotional and psychological ability to be alone or worse with a stranger or two for long periods of high stress. And even once they selected those people, those shrinks come up with all sorts of trainings to help them keep their minds and feelings in good shape. Meanwhile, the rest of us Earthlings are all here, living in isolation or with other people, with no vetting, no training. We didn't volunteer for this. Most of us wouldn't pass if we did. So I thought, As I try to navigate this new reality, can I get a crash course in isolation from an astronaut? Today on the show, in this time of being cooped up at home, I turn to the pros, to the people who have been vetted, trained, and know how to live life in a small space while the outside world is filled with danger and uncertainty.
1: What up, NASA Cribs? Astronaut Mike Spanky Fink here.
0: You wouldn't know it from this YouTube video, but Commander Mike Fink is exactly the calm, confident voice you need to learn from right now. Mike, who really does go by Spanky, that was his Air Force call sign, until recently held the record among Americans for most time spent in space, 381 days. Well, sort of. Mike is an engineer. He won't allow anything so imprecise.
1: 381.27.
0: 381.27 days in a tiny module, surrounded by a dark vacuum of uncertainty, looking down at Earth. Mike has that classic astronaut resume. He went to MIT and Stanford. He was in the Air Force. He's fluent in Russian and Japanese, and he sure seems to thrive in isolated danger. In this adorably dorky attempt at reaching the youth's NASA cribs, Mike shows you around a model of the International Space Station. His very fancy sleeping tent, which he made himself. An exercise bike, a room where they do science. This high-tech phone thing astronauts use to call Earth.
1: This is where we say things like, Houston, we don't have a problem. Houston, it's awesome. Hey, look, no long-distance charges apply.
0: So we called Mike. Mike. Not on that phone, because he's now back on Earth and working from home
1: it's a little bit strange to look at it this way, a little I don't want to say ironic, but uh, usually our time on Earth pretend you know, uh, gets us ready for our time in space, right? So we train here on the ground to go in space but in in my case, at least for for this situation, my time in space has trained me well for, for uh, this interesting time uh, here on the planet
0: right now, Mike like the rest of us, is cooped up again. This time at his home in Houston with his wife and kids. And the circumstances created by the pandemic, he says, not so different from space. And so I asked him for advice on how to get through this. Some of his advice, good communication, having things to look forward to, and maintaining a positive attitude. These things, they're literally not rocket science. They're just being good to the people around you. Because that's really important.
1: Most of us at NASA, we we're not. Uh, uh, it doesn't come easy to us to talk about uh, touchy feely things. We're more talking about you know spaceflight hardware and and engineering and 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 flying. But really, when it comes down to it, we're all people, and we need to worry about communication and uh, and and relationships and being able to work with each other.
0: The big relationship Mike had to manage his first time on the ISS was with his roommate. The only person in space with him, a Russian cosmonaut named Gennady. I kind of picture them like two freshman year college roommates, but in space. Yeah,
1: hey, you want to watch a movie? Yeah, okay. And we just picked on a movie, and it was it was that easy. And uh, one of my very uh, favorite films that I remember watching in uh, in two thousand four was it, was it was a little surreal, and it was the movie two thousand and. So it was the sequel to 2001. Uh, Gennady and I tried to watch 2001 aboard the space station in 2004. um, But I think we were both – it was after a spacewalk, so I think we both fell asleep. Uh, Sorry, Stanley Kubrick. Uh, So we watched uh, 2010. Uh, and I remember watching it, and I don't say I, I can't say I can't recommend the movie um, on its finest merits. I don't think it won very many, if any, Oscars, kind of thing. But it, I did find it. It was uh it, you know they had an international crew, and they were you know going to solve something. And I do remember how um, cool it was to to watch a movie about space while being in space. How ah, do you read me? Yes, Dave. Where are you? I cannot see you on any of my monitors. That isn't important now. I have new instructions for you.
0: Are there any s- small, the a- specific 35 lessons, 35. maybe a fight over something small, or something you can recollect from your time up in space that you're finding is coming in handy right now?
1: Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you a quick story about the spoon.
0: It turns out astronauts, or at least Mike and Gennady, get really fixated on their spoons. Astronaut food is apparently very spoon-friendly. Mike even kept the three spoons from his missions as mementos. They're in his office. One day up there, Gennady's spoon went missing.
1: And, you know, he started looking at me with the, with jaundiced eyes saying, you know, what you do with my spoon? It's like, dude, I didn't lose your spoon. You lost your spoon. And he would look for it every day, and I'd help him look. And that was the thing is that And at one point, I think he, he, he was really grumpy to
0: me about it. And so this missing spoon created some tension between these two men from different nations, cooped up with nowhere to go. But Mike didn't let that tension get to him. He took a deep breath and showed some grace.
1: One of my friends, you know. My only friend aboard space up in space with me, he lost his spoon and he's unhappy about it. He's going to say, you know, he said some words to me that, you know, he 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 I knew he didn't mean and I didn't get into a fight with him about it. We didn't argue about it. I said, hey, look, I'll just help you find it. I didn't lose it for you. You lost it, but we'll find it together. And that attitude of, 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 of deescalating the conflict. And just uh, trying just really knowing that you're that you're in this case, my space brother you know, was was having a bad day. Uh, I didn't I didn't add to it. I, I helped uh, diffuse it.
0: The moral of the story, if you're stuck in a small space with someone, for better or worse, you're in this together. If they need a hand, be generous, help them out. They eventually found the spoon. It was in the air intake duct. Apparently, if you lose something in space... That's probably where it is. Another thing Mike said space taught him was the power of having things to look forward to. While living on the space station, Mike really, really looked forward to his phone calls, to calling the people he loved on the telephone. He's a really social person. So that social connection made him happy. And sometimes he called people he would never met. One perk of calling people from space, anyone will pick up.
1: On my first mission, uh, there was a, a Star Trek series called Enterprise. Scott Bakula was played Captain Archer of one of the very first enterprises that were ever built by planet Earth. And it was just a, it was a TV show. And I had a chance to talk to, to, uh, Scott ba- Bakula, uh, from space. And, and I don't know who was happier, he or, or, or me, because it was, uh, it was a really fun thing. I'll remember that, that conversation.
0: So maybe you can't call Scott Bakula. But Mike says, call someone, friends, family. Stay in touch with the people you love. Reach out to those you haven't talked to in a while. And this is what's weird about asking an astronaut for advice, is that the stuff that makes living in space bearable, that helps you survive a pandemic in isolation, is the same simple wisdom humans have passed down forever. You just have to actually do it. Like another tip Mike had for this moment we're in, is just to think positively. You're not too cool to try it.
1: One of the the, the, the secrets to successes for long duration spaceflight missions is is and and don't laugh at me or do laugh at me because it's a cool thing. Is that a a good attitude can make a really big difference. When my crewmates were cheerful and even though the you know, things weren't going the way we wanted. You know, a a good attitude works so much better than a bad attitude, and kept us in a in a positive spiral instead of a negative spiral. So,
0: can you um, can you break that down a little bit in terms of when things are really hard? It can be difficult to uh, to have a good attitude. How do you go? How do you personally go about making sure that you maintain one?
1: It's not always easy, even though I think um, I've been accused of of being born with a good attitude. Um, it's uh it's not always easy for me. And I'll I'll, I'll share a few things, right? So um, I like having a plan, I like working a checklist and sometimes things don't work out the way I I, I wanted. And I'll I'll share a story on uh, my sixth spacewalk. It was my first time in an American spacesuit, and we were taking a part of the space station apart so we could reach inside with a, I kid you not, a grease gun to lubricate a rolling surface that actually rolls and tilts to keep the solar arrays pointed at the sun.
0: So just picture this. Mike is floating in space, attached to the ISS by basically a bungee cord, and he's doing maintenance on this one part, Loosening some screws to get access to it. But something keeps going wrong.
1: When I would do this, start undoing the screws, they would float away. And that's something you don't want to be in space. You don't want to make your own new satellites that can come back and hit the space station. It's space junk. And, I mean, uh, I'm an experienced professional. And I started feeling bad because I caught a, a couple of them. And I was just like, man, this, this spacewalk is not going the way we wanted. I was getting a little bit tired. And, uh, and it was, it was a little frustrated that things weren't going. And then my friend, uh, you know, Drew Feustel, he was, uh, you know, about 40 or 50 feet away on a different part of the space station. And he just said some encouraging words like, ah, oh, yeah, don't worry. Hey, that stuff happens. You know what? Hey, we're doing great. Look at the earth, you know, and all of a sudden I got out of my downward spiral because my friend said, Hey, you know, don't worry about it. It's good. You're great. You're doing great. And it turns out it was a great spacewalk. We got everything done that we needed to get done the solar alpha rotor joint got uh, got lubricated and even though it didn't go the way we thought it was it didn't go the way I wanted it to go we got the job done at the end and you know and, and it's one of those things like hey sometimes things don't go right you have to take a step back before you take two steps forward but you know just, uh, just look at it. each problem you can break it down to smaller things and uh, just keep a good attitude and move forward don't get discouraged
0: the break. Can I be an astronaut? So being stuck at home, I've been bored. And when every day starts to feel the same, when you have all this time on your hands, you get to stop and think. And when you get an astronaut on the phone and you think back to your five-year-old self and what you thought you would be when you grew up, you start to wonder, could it still happen for me? Could I be an astronaut?
1: Well, uh, first off, congratulations. It sounds like you've done very well for yourself. <laughs> no you, you 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 certainly have i i i mean uh you found and and also you know, you found your your path in life you kind of know the things that you like and and uh you've worked uh, towards towards a career um, if you wanted to become a professional government astronaut uh we'd probably like to see uh, some more science and technology background, but maybe uh in the next uh, ten years or so you might be uh, able uh, you might have a chance to go see Earth from space. And if that's what you want to do, then that's fantastic, right? And you, you can still be the the groundbreaking journalist that you are, and get to see Earth from space and and uh, and be an astronaut.
0: For now, Mike says, all we can do is take pleasure in the small things and look for whatever lessons we can during this terribly bleak time.
1: I, I'm really, really hoping that you know that we are as humans. And uh, certainly, as Americans, that we're that we're stronger and better for this horrible thing, this horrible epidemic. That there's still that there's going to be some good that comes out of it, not just the bad parts, but the good parts. And the good parts are that maybe that we've reached out to each other and 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 reestablished some relationships, or uh, maybe we get a, a a more cheerful perspective on the important things of life. Uh, maybe then after, you know, three or four months and we'll be walking at one of our favorite grocery stores and buy an extra roll of toilet paper because you know what? That's a joy. Let's, uh, let's keep that cheerful attitude and, and move forward. We have a, a great future in front of us and it's what we make of it.
0: Coronavirus is a 3 Uncanny 4 production. The show is hosted by TJ Raphael, with me, reporter Emily Saul. Our team includes Shane McKeon, Rahima Nasa, Lena Richards, Dan Bobkoff, Adam Davidson, and Laura Mayer. You can email your questions or comments to viral at 3uncanny4.com, with the number spelt out. That's viral at 3uncanny4.com. Please rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts. It helps listeners like you find us. And while we're typically in your feed on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we're exhausted from covering COVID-19 and living through this pandemic. So we're going to take a step back to recharge and rethink the show to make the best possible show for this time. We hope to be back soon. Thanks for listening.